Welcome to Extension Out Loud, a podcast from Cornell Cooperative Extension. I'm Paul Treadwell. And I'm Katie Bailden. And for this episode, we talked to Dean Koyanagi of the Farm Ops Program, which is part of the Cornell Small Farms Program. Yeah, and we talk about the variety of programs that are available to veterans and active service members who are also farmers or who are interested in getting into the agriculture industry. And so give a listen to this special Veterans Day episode. My name is Dean Koyanagi. I work for the Cornell Small Farms Program, and I work in the Farmer Veteran Program, which we have called Farm Ops. And I was a, a veteran, former Marine, and was working on my farm across the valley. And Anurang Rajan, the director of the Small Farms Program, was looking for an advisor. She already knew me. And as the program grew after the 2014 Farm Bill, they were really trying to figure out how we could reach out to veterans uh, to support them coming back into rural communities and trying to start farms. And that has expanded over the past few years to include work with the VA, different nonprofits, um, a whole bunch of extension offices. And uh, it's a really hot topic that people are really interested in figuring out why are veterans not coming back to these rural communities? And if we're not supporting them into these new farm ventures, what should we be doing? Why farming? Especially now when farms, smaller farms are experiencing all sorts of stresses. Why would a veteran want to get involved in farming? Some of it has to do with that bucolic view of agriculture and then you're going to get the little red barn and the picket fence and you're going to have, you know, two cows and and make a living off of that. But some of it is that they want a slower pace. They come back and they want to look for the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Uh, They want to live in the rural community. They want to raise their children. And so they're looking to figure out, you know, what kind of farming can I do? What can I make some money off of? Not necessarily their full-time income. Some are on disability, so what can they physically do? And so they're going into the niche markets. They're going into those things that they can make some money off of. And their goals are not necessarily to start a big farm or make a whole lot of money off of it, which is, which is understandable. Like you're saying, that that's the economic situation for a lot of farmers and how many have you know, off-farm jobs yeah. to maintain their farm. You know, and that's, that's hard to try and convey to somebody who you know, is new to it. That they're coming in thinking that it's going to be a quick win and they're going to make lots of money off the latest, <laughs> you know, niche thing, whether it's hemp or whatever. Or mushrooms or hops. Exactly. Or, yeah. that, that it's still a hard job and you need to learn the business skills and you should understand accounting. <laughs> All those little pieces that add up. So you mentioned the 2014 Farm Bill. Was that when the program began or that just gave it a boost? The Small Farms Program has been around for a long time and they mm-hmm. had been working with veterans, but not as a special class. Because of the 2014 Farm Bill, the USDA set aside money in some of their programs for veterans. And they've continued since then to add new programs and add uh, language in it so that that's helping veterans get into those programs. So we know about the GI Bill and its support for Mm -hmm. educational efforts. Is there a similar program that will help veterans beyond farm ops move into agriculture? They're starting to figure out ways to use the GI Bill towards education, towards agriculture. You can go to Cornell University and Cal's and, and get your degree, which some of our veterans have, which is fantastic, and others who don't feel that that's their, their route. They're trying to figure out how to use that GI Bill for apprenticeships. So there's something called the Dairy Grazing Apprenticeship, which was approved out of Wisconsin, which is now a national program. Um, and Faye Benson in Extension leads that here in New York. And it's an amazing way to get the farmer to work with a new 
former mm-hmm. and use that GI Bill dollar to make that apprenticeship program work. And it's the only one around right now that, that's approved. I helped create some uh, on-the-job training programs, which is also approved through the VA, where a farmer can do up to two years working with a veteran. And they're still paying the veteran that training wage, but then the veteran gets their housing allowance, which is a great way if you're trying to you know, raise your family on a training wage, you can make that work. So there are a number of supports that are available if you're a veteran looking to move into the farming business, I guess we could. Right. It's, it's a confusing array. And so they're trying to navigate, you know, what's the best route for them as they get out. And so working with transitioning soldiers who are, who are you know, trying to figure out where they're going to land, where they're going to live, you know, what, what their jobs are, all those things, it can be a confusing time. When we have returning vets, historically, mm-hmm. have there been programs that would help them move to, let's say, other industries or things like that. There's a big push, particularly after 9-11, for veterans coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan to find job training programs. And so mm-hmm. the, the military, the DOD, created a whole transition assistance program where you can get um, a week off from your duties uh, to go and, and do some training or shadow someone at, at a job site. And then you know the, the various job training skills, and then they have all kinds of on-base. Since we work with Fort Drum, Jefferson County CCE does all kinds of work on-base where a veteran is trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Mm-hmm. But they're still active duty soldiers who are still trying to figure out what they're going to do. And that transition assistance program never really looked at agriculture because it was all industry related. Mm-hmm. So a company coming with 50 jobs, you get the front of the line. We want to get you in front of those people who have those skills on the base. And agriculture being just this diverse, you know, broad skill set. And you know, there's no company coming to hire you necessarily yeah. uh, to start your own farm. <laughs> so it was never it was never something that was presented to those soldiers. And so now that's for the first time they're they're getting that on base that there's these other options that they can go back to their communities and you know they're a diesel mechanic for the military. Could they go work for a tractor repair shop? Right, right off the bat, they have all those skills. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great if we brought those back into our rural communities? So we talked a little bit about some of the challenges of entering the agriculture industry for veterans. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What some of the challenges that the farm ops programming seeks to address? So first we take the layer of all the hard issues with becoming a beginning farmer, <laughs> all, all the standard ones. Um, and so you're having land issues and you're having capital issues and you're trying to figure out you know, what your markets are going to be and then try to layer on someone who's coming back maybe to their same community, but they've been gone for 16 years. And so they've lost contact with the infrastructure and what you know who they're going to have for support. Others are coming into communities completely new. And that transition and trying to land and find out, you know, where do I get my tractor fixed? Where can I go get my supplies? Who can loan me a piece of equipment? If they don't have those social networks, it can be really difficult for them to land and create this new business right, in a community they don't know. So what are some of the, you know, we mentioned some of the specialty crops that are, mm-hmm. that farmers are engaged in. And I took a quick look online at the map. Mm-hmm. The indoor hydro farm in Buffalo, the cubed root, do you mm-hmm. work with them at all? Yeah. Elias Martinez is great. And then you have East Prairie Hop Company, which is just mm-hmm. a little south of Buffalo. Sure. That's another veteran owned yes. farm. Mm-hmm. Do they engage with you or with Cornell in any way? And how? Do they, what's the pathway to do that? It varies where they're at in their business, where they're at in their ex- exploration. Um, some veterans, active duty as well, have taken online courses. We had one who was overseas, but they knew they were coming back and they wanted to get that head start. So they're taking online courses and thinking about like, okay, when I land, 
here's what the next steps were in their education. And that that's kind of rare. Most of them come back, you know, some of them buy land and start to grow something. And then they're like, oh, I need help. And then they reach out. And others have started their businesses and are looking for um, that next step of you know, business discipline and what do I need to do to you know, expand into wholesale or things. So there's that whole range mm-hmm. of where their touch point is with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we do a lot of tailored education, sitting down with them and saying, where are you? What are your you know, troubles right now? What do you see as your goals? You know, What's your next year's major concerns? Mm-hmm. And try to address those in that case-by-case basis rather than saying, you know, here's a package, go away. So that's a lot of work tailoring to specific needs. Roughly, how many people across the state are doing similar work? We have on our listserv, there's a a thousand veterans and service providers. Mm -hmm. And we have a pretty good network of extension people that we can direct someone into locally. So on campus, it's really Sean and I both working half-time as kind of the men behind the curtain Mm -hmm. and trying to connect everybody with whatever they need locally first, and then consider online courses and materials and some of the intensive courses that we run either through the VA or with National Center for Appropriate Technology, which is a a week-long arm-to-farm course. So we try to lay those options out and see where that fits for that veteran. But there are extension offices all around the state who, you know, are that front line who then, you know, either direct them back to us for additional work or we send them the veteran to that office. Yeah. So you just mentioned arm to farm and the week long training. Mm. You just wrapped one of those up. Is that correct? We did. We had a, a 2.0, which is the advanced class. So it's people who've already gone through one of the uh, arm to farms or have been farming for five years or more. And uh, it is an incredibly intense, like we see them at breakfast at 7 a.m. And I joke, we put them to bed at 930 because we tell them they have to stop talking among themselves. And <laughs> And is there another arm-to-farm training coming up in the future? That Through our work with the VA in Canandaigua, we have funding to do two more next year. So we're, we're in the process of planning what those will be. We're looking at one, doing one as an urban farming, mm-hmm. uh, which we definitely have a bunch of urban farmers in the state that we could work with. And the other we're hoping to be a, here in Ithaca so we can show all the stuff that's happening here on campus and the research plots around town. And you mentioned the VA in Canandaigua. You're also involved in a uh, veterans horticulture program there, is that correct? Yeah, they have a trial program. There's 10 sites across the country, and the Canandaigua office had the largest largest amount of funding. They are doing, they're calling horticulture therapy, mm. uh, because ag therapy didn't exist in their program. So. But it is focused on production of food, and through our partnership with Equicenter in Minden, New York, they are doing all kinds of classes where someone comes in also gets connected to a nutritionist and they grow the food they eat have a good lunch together and talk about all the health and therapeutic values of getting out and exercising and being outdoors and Mm -hmm. so for some of the people going through the va programs they're finding that that is a really great break out of the standard treatment protocols where you might just get a lot of therapy and see a doctor now you're going out and actually thinking about what you're doing in your life or taking care of yourself can you share how farm ops and arm to farm and the various programs fit together a little bit, what if that's that? possible? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they fit together really well because what happens is you get the person who is an explorer, I call, someone who's just trying to figure out what they want to do in agriculture. Wouldn't it be great if I could keep some bees in my backyard and they're you know maybe in a suburban neighborhood? And so they're dabbling in things and so we can direct them to the general courses. Mm-hmm. And that's great that Extension has those all over. And I, you know, we have a little stipend so we can send someone a couple counties over if there isn't one in their county. And then 
that progresses to, okay, now you're serious. What are the courses or field days on campus or a NOFA event or whatever it is that is directed to that enterprise that they're pursuing? And then it goes to, okay, now you want to think about this as a business, not as a hobby. Do we put you in you know, an economic development class? Do we put you in touch with marketing person? What is it that that person needs? And then it gets to, okay, now your business needs to actually pay you. <laughs> and how do we build that and work with different markets and you know, connect you with other farmers and get you a mentor? So it kind of progresses, and we try to fit that person in where they are headed. So we work a lot with their goal setting as well. Any other cases that you think are particularly interesting you want to share with us or anything we missed in our conversation about farm ops and and the opportunities for veterans in New York State? We try not to be all things for the veterans, but there are veterans that we're running into or having problems with. They've had a run in with the law or they've lost their license or, you know, they're struggling with some of the medications that they're on and PTSD. And that is always a hard thing to watch and not be able to help with. And so we're, we're really trying to build up a stronger network of we know where to pass people who need that extra help. And I've gone to a number of conferences. We did one um, in Broome County with Laura Biasillo of all of the groups that work with veterans in that area. And so that they're talking among themselves better. And yes, they have a you know, small population of veterans who are interested in agriculture. And it should go both ways that those support agencies know that we're a resource for them and vice versa. And so that's one of the things we're working on more next year is to try and get those resources in our educators back pocket so they're ready to, to share that. That's not something that we have done in the past. One last question, though. If, if I'm a veteran and I happen to hear this, how do I get involved? How, who do I contact? Where do I go? Uh, you start at the website at the Cornell Small Farms Farm Ops webpage. You can just Google that. And um, a lot of veterans come into it through their local extension offices. They go to an extension office or veteran service office and say that they're interested in agriculture, they're veterans, which please tell them you're a veteran because they can't ask in some situations. Um, so they can't direct you to those programs if they don't know that you're a veteran. And then they can you know, connect to us with specific questions and we direct them to what courses they want and how to get their reimbursements for travel and all that kind of stuff. We'll be sure to include a link to the uh, Small Farms website so that folks can get to that easily from the episode. Great. Uh, thanks very much for your time, Dean. We really thanks for having you. me. Thanks for listening to this episode. Extension Out Loud was produced and edited by Paul Treadwell with help from Katie Belden and R.J. Anderson. For more about this episode, including show notes, a listener survey, uh, sign up for our mailing list, and more, visit extensionoutloud.com. And be sure to subscribe to Extension Out Loud on your favorite podcast directory.